Hi. Hi. <laughs> Isn't it great to be here? Shoot, yeah. Sure is. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming. It's just awesome to have you here. And I want to welcome everybody who's watching us online. Thank you so much for joining our service this way. If you can all at all make it to an in-person service, we'd love to have you because you would bless us by being here. So thank you uh, for making that effort someday to be here. Uh, it is cool, huh? Can you imagine if the person sitting next to you wasn't here? It'd be a drag, wouldn't it? Fine. Okay. Uh, we are in week two of this series uh, called Seriously. And what this series is all about, it is incredibly serious, but it really is, uh, besides our own relationship with, with God through Jesus Christ, besides our own being filled with God's love and presence in our life, this is what Christianity is all about. It is about the mission that Jesus Christ has put us on. That he said, hey, I want you to go and make disciples of all nations, okay? Teaching everything about God and being filled with the Holy Spirit, connected with him through Jesus Christ. And people don't know what they don't know. He has included us. He's asked us. He's asked believers to take the responsibility and share it to other, everyone else. And this whole series is about you and I, every one of us, taking this very, very seriously. Now, last week, Shaheen kicked it off, and he really was focusing on hell, we don't like to think about hell. As a matter of fact, so many of us just uh, don't even go there. A lot of pastors, and he mentioned it last week, a lot of pastors don't talk about it. I had a pastor tell me one time, right to my face, tell me that hell was no longer open. <laughs> you know where he's going to be. He read this. Jesus telling his followers, listen, he's getting ready to leave, and he's telling his followers a couple of stories about separation. And then he says this, he gets right to the point, and he says, this is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace, a real blazing furnace, where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth, where there is eternal torment. Where there will be weeping, gnashing of teeth, torment, pain, and suffering forever and ever. An absolute hopeless eternity. Jesus is telling his followers, I know you don't see it. I know there's a lot of nice people. I know you can't even imagine. You can't even imagine somebody going through that. You can't even imagine why God would send somebody there. You need to watch the message last week. You need to watch it to understand what this is about. But for you and I to think about this, Jesus making it very clear, he asked all of us, it was to his disciples, but he asked all of us this question. Do you get it? Have you understood these things? Do you get it? Do you get it? That every human being when they die, is going to face judgment. Every person is going to face judgment for eternity. It is either into heaven, glorious experience with God and His blessings, no more tears, no more crying, no more pain, where everything is absolute fulfillment and glorious forever and forever and forever. Or face, depart from me, I never knew you. 
into an eternal suffering in hell. Do we get it? Do we understand it? His, his followers said, yes. Jesus went on to tell them, if you get it, if you understand what I am telling you is going to happen in the future, then you will do whatever it takes. You will do whatever you can. You will take what is old. You will take what is new. You will be creative. You will put your energy in. You will get involved. You will get engaged. You will say something. You will do something about it if you get it. If we understand that there is an eternal judgment coming. The Apostle Paul wrote something that, I mean, I just, I, I just think about how Jesus left and, and he gave this great commission to his followers and there was nothing more important in their life. There was nothing. That, they, they, they spent their lives, they gave their lives to this mission. And as Paul writes letters we have in our New Testament to churches, he says this, as a reminder to churches like ours, for as I have often told you before, and now I tell you again, even with tears. I've told you many times, but I tell you this again as I am thinking and I'm weeping about those people. Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. As he writes them to remind them that, hey, every single human being is headed for a judgment. And most people are enemies, enemies of the cross, enemies of Jesus. But for you and I who believe, our citizenship is in heaven. That's where we'll spend eternity. And my big question with this, and today for us to just ponder this question, why aren't we more motivated about this message? Why aren't we more moved? Why aren't we more engaged? Why don't we care? Oh, we care. Do we? Do we care? I wonder, why, why, why are we so nonchalant about it? I mean, I'm talking about myself too. I'm talking about our culture. I'm talking about this church. Why are we not more motivated? Every single person is going to hell without Jesus. Why? Every person deserves hell. You and I deserve hell. I know I do. So thankful I don't get what I deserve. I deserve hell in prison. That's it, okay? But every single one of us, and I, I don't even know your life, but I know this about you. You have said, God, I don't care about you. You have said it. You have said, I, I don't care what you said. I'm going to do what I want. I will be my own God. I'll make my decisions and what I'm going to do. I will ignore what you've said. I will ignore your directions. I will do what I want to do. And we've all done it. We've all, in a sense, said, I am God and you're not. And that deserves hell. We all deserve hell. Only those who put their trust in what Jesus did for them that Jesus himself took upon our sin as if he himself had committed it. 
Jesus took upon himself, saying to his own father, I will be God and not you. I will ignore everything we have done. He took upon himself and paid the complete penalty and complete price. He took the hell that we deserve so you and I can go to heaven. Why aren't we more motivated with that? There are two sides to this. Why aren't we weeping over those who reject Jesus Christ? We all know them. We all have them in our family. We all work with them. We're all around us. People that just, you know what, I'm not against Jesus, but I'm not for Jesus. It's like, oh yeah, I'm fine. I'm good. I don't want that Jesus stuff. I, yeah, fine. I, I believe in God. That's good enough. Why aren't we more motivated? Well, really, I, I wonder sometimes about Christian people. Why, why are Christian people so against dying? It just it blows my mind. Not you know, We don't want to be suicidal. We want to enjoy life while we have it. But it's amazing to me how to Christian people it still seems like death is the enemy. Death, has been a real, death is not the enemy. Death is the reward for a Christian. I, I was with a group of pastors a, a couple weeks ago and uh, they, they brought a report to us that one, one, a pastor that we all knew He's in his early 80s, and he has cancer, and it looks like the cancer spread. It didn't look good. So we were asked a, few, a couple of guys to pray for him. I was amazed that every single prayer was given for, for him to experience the power of the blood of Jesus Christ to heal every cell from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet, that he would be cancer-free. That he, How long do we want to live? I'm not saying 80 is the limit, but, but really, we, not one person said, thank you for a service, like he's going to go enter into the glory of God. Like, don't we get this stuff? What's, what's wrong? Why don't we understand what Jesus said? Do you get it? That there is an eternity out there, an incredible reward, and a horrible punishment. So I often wonder, why don't we get it? Why aren't we more motivated? Why aren't we doing something about it? Why isn't it a front thing in our mind? Is it because we don't believe it? I don't think so. I think most of us believe it. Probably all of us. You, you believe in heaven and you believe in hell. You believe in a judgment. Why then? Why aren't we more motivated? And I think there's more than one reason, but I think this clip that we're going to show explains the main reason why you and I aren't more motivated to this message. Watch this. What we don't pay attention to, we don't see. I wonder why. We were watching this clip and most of us didn't see that chicken. It went right across there as plain as day. Right there, right in front of us, right in our world, and didn't see it. The background was changing, the, the things, the people changed, and we didn't even see it. Why? Because we don't see what we're not focused on. And I think this whole mission, why we don't take it more seriously, and I really believe this is probably the biggest reason, there might be others, the biggest reason is this. We're distracted by the physical world in which we live in. We are so focused on the physical world we live in, we're oblivious to what's really going on around us. 
We are, we are focused on what we see, feel, taste, touch. Our senses is where we live. You know, everything is tangible. We're doing, we are so focused on making a career, raising our kids, making money, getting, getting a raise. We're so focused on our kids achieving something. We're so focused on our vacations, our new homes. We're so focused on getting a new car, having you know, prestige, having more comfort in life, going on more vacations. We are so focused on these things in life. We miss What's happening all around us? We get so distracted in life. Even though we believe that there is an eternal judgment. Even though we believe that there is a heaven and a hell. Even though we, we believe that only through Jesus Christ will you be in heaven and everyone else will be. We believe it, but it is not a part of our life because we are not focused on it. We are always distracted by the things of this world. We are even promoted to be distracted by the things of this world. We are challenged. Hey, you want a better life? Get more of this. Make sure you look good and you know your hair is just right and you're in good health. And you we got all these things around us distracting us from what's going on right before our eyes, and we don't see it. Because what's really right before our eyes is a spiritual world. You and I are living in a spiritual world. It is all around us. It is in us. We are, we are spiritual beings created by a spiritual God living in a spiritual eternity that there are demons and there are angels and there is the Holy Spirit. And this, if, we, if we could see right now what's happening in this room right now, that there are angels, there is spiritual warfare, there is spiritual world happening right before our eyes. And we don't see it because we are so distracted by what we see, taste, touch, and smell, that we miss the spiritual things that are happening around us, that every one of us live in a spiritual world that is more real, more real than the physical world. The spiritual world has always been and it always will be. This world in which you and I live, this physical thing is not that old. It is just passing by, it is just passing through. This is less real than the spiritual reality of eternity and us living for eternity and what God is doing. It is way more real. And we don't see it because we are so distracted. I love how we are instructed and, and talked about this in Ephesians. Paul says this, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, we keep thinking it's, the, it's that person at work. We keep thinking it's the government. We keep thinking all this stuff's against us. And like, we're distracted by what we see and can't see what's behind all of that. What is behind all of the things we see on TV? What's behind all of the entertainment? What's behind all of the manipulation of things going on in the spiritual world? So that is not, but our struggle is against rulers, against authorities against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We live in a spiritual world with a spiritual enemy called the devil. 
And Jesus himself said, this devil, this enemy of our soul, his whole goal is to steal, kill, and destroy us. Not our physical bodies. That's going to be gone soon anyway. He wants to destroy us in our eternity with God. And he destroys us by distractions and by anything he can to destroy our life. Jesus talked about the devil many times and what his goal is to do. He told Peter one time that Satan wants to sift you like wheat. I mean, look at that, that word picture. Just absolutely destroy you and your connection with God. That he, will, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour their life. He never pops out and says, hey, I'm Satan. I'm going to destroy you. But he's constantly at work in the world in which we live. And we don't even see it because we're so distracted by the things of this world. You and I as believers, and most of us believe, we are distracted from the mission we are distracted from reaching every person we can. We are distracted from making this known. We are distracted by all of these world things. And the whole time, there is an evil force behind deliberately trying to distract us. He distracts us in many ways. Jesus, told a, Jesus taught with stories a lot of times. And he, he told a story about this very, very thing. He, he told a story about a farmer sowing a seed. I mean, just throwing seed out on the ground and he says, you know, some seeds fell on a path, hard, hard ground. Some fell upon the stones. Some fell in the, in, the, in the weeds. And some fell on good dirt. And Jesus tells this whole story to get across a spiritual thing that's happening all around us. We don't even see it. And as I read in just a moment, Jesus explaining what all of these soils are. As I'm reading it, let's be honest with ourselves. And ask ourselves the question, which one of these best describes how I'm being deceived? Maybe which one of these, just be honest with myself, which one of these is affecting me? Which one of these am I most like? Why I am not so fervently passionate about this mission of reaching people? Why am I not? Could it be one of these things that Jesus describes? Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? We need to be spiritually minded. The farmer sows the word. So the, the seed is what the Bible says, what God tells us. The, the seed could be what Jesus says is, there's a day coming that there's going to be this great separation. This is, this is the seed that's sown. Some people are like seed along the path. Where the word is sown, as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. The enemy we don't see, who is at work all the time. We come to church, we hear a message, we listen to the radio or a message or uh, read the Bible or something, and we walk away unchanged. It's happened to me. We walk away unchanged. Did I just hear what God said? That should change my life. Why doesn't it? Could it be because there is an enemy taking that away and I'm not even aware of it? 
I'm not even aware. I, I leave, I, I go and I go do my things, man. And I, I plan for tomorrow and I'm, I'm building my thing and I'm making plans for everything and I'm just so much about this world that Satan steals it away. Has that happened? He goes on and he says, well, maybe that's not it. Maybe there's something else going on. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, they hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of what they heard, because of the Bible, because of God in their life, they quickly fall away. Has that ever happened? Come to church, hear a message, worship song, read the Bible, whatever it might be. I'm so pumped, so excited. God, touch me. I want to reach people. I, I want people to know the joy and the love that God has for them. But whoa, not everybody's that excited, are they? Well, my family kind of like, what kind of nut are you? What? That's not, that's not how we brought you up. People at work say, oh, you do that church thing. And you know what? We, we just slowly back off. Slowly back off until it eventually loses its impact. And we go on unchanged. We were excited, but other people just took it away. Or this next one. I believe with all of my heart this is where you and I live. This is the biggest challenge we have. This in America, where we live today, you and I all live in this struggle. He goes on to say, or the next one, still others, like seeds sown among thorns. Hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. I believe. I believe in God. I believe in eternity. I believe what Jesus did. But it's choked out. It's unfruitful. I'm not in the mission. I'm not about telling people. I'm, I'm, I'm not motivated by this day coming to change my life. Why? I'm so distracted with other things. I need to make a little more money. I need to buy another toy. I need to go on another vacation. I need newer furniture. Hey, this house isn't good enough. I need some acreage. I need a better house. We need more bedrooms. Hey, and after all, there's a motor home to buy. We don't have enough. Work a little extra harder. And oh my God, we can't let our kids not like go every single day to some sporting thing so that they can win a trophy. And we get so distracted by this stuff that it becomes this stuff becomes the motivation of our life and it chokes out, it chokes out our passion for eternity and where people will be. It chokes out, I, I have a choice, I, I, I can go on this vacation, I can spend this money on this, or, 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 I, or oh man, I could give money to church. Wow, we could go to a night of worship, or oh, my, kids got a, my kids got soccer. Or, or, you know what, I could actually go to a small group. I could be involved. And I, you know what, I think I'd really grow and invite some other people. But, but, there's the extra job so we can have the new furniture. Or the, I got to go to exercise class seven days a week. I don't know what, it doesn't matter what, none of this stuff is bad. That's not the point. It's not bad. It's when we live for it, it distracts us and the mission is unfruitful in our life. 
It's not what we do. It's what we live for is the problem. Doing recreation, going on vacation, bringing our kids to sports is not bad. It's when that dictates our life, it becomes bad. It distracts us. It chokes out the mission. It chokes out caring about people's eternity and their future. It chokes out. Do we understand this? What's going to happen to everybody? And then, Jesus ends it with this. Thank God for this. Others, like seed sown on good soil, they hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. Or you and I can be that good soil that we don't allow Satan to steal it. We don't allow pressure and persecution to take it. We don't allow all the distractions of this world to choke it out. But we stay focused on the mission. We stay focused on what's really reality. We stay focused on the spiritual realm, this spiritual world that's all around us. And we produce a crop. We produce a fruit. We win some to know Jesus Christ that they will change their destiny and their eternity forever in a relationship with God, that we are involved and engaged in the mission of God. How do we, how, how do we not get distracted? How can we be good fruit or good soil? How, how can we? By being spiritually focused. By being spiritually minded. By, by, by thinking about the things beyond what we see, by, by praying and going to church and listening, reading the Bible, engaging our lives in things we don't see, engaging ourselves in the spiritual world and the spiritual realm that's all around us. There's warfare going on all around us, and it's happening. There's a, a great story story in the Bible, and there, there's several of them just like this that happened more than once, but where, where God had opened up people's eyes to see the spiritual world. Imagine if you and I could see what's happening right now, the deception all around us, a God working all around us. There's a, a story where was that, that a nation that was against Israel, against the king of Israel, and they, they planned on raiding them and, and attacking them, but every time the, the king, the enemy, had a plan, we're going to do this or this or this, God would reveal it to a prophet, his name was Elisha, and then Elisha would go and tell the king of Israel so that they could, so they could make a move, so that happened. And this so frustrated the, the enemy king that he said, we need to kill this Elisha. He's, he's a pain in the butt, we need to kill him. So he was in a little town, a little town called Gothen, and, and uh, so the, the enemy king said, we're going to kill him tomorrow. Send the army. I want, I want uh, horses and chariots and armed men. I mean, just surround them so we can kill Elijah. They did that at night. The next morning, Elijah's servant goes out of the tent. He walks out of the tent like going to get the mail. And holy poop. Scared to death, he saw the enemy all around him, surrounding him. 
He goes in the tent. Elijah, we're going to die. You wouldn't believe out here. The army's there. They finally caught up with us. They got... And Elijah's just having a cup of coffee. Yeah, we're cool. No, you don't understand, man. The army's all around us. Can't you see? Hey, the bills are coming. The kids aren't failing. The kids are failing. They give this and this. We don't have new furniture. We're not keeping up with it. Don't you understand? We're not like really doing this here. We're not living life. And Elijah just prays to God. He says, don't be afraid. The prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. I don't see them. And Elijah prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see what's really going on. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. His spiritual eyes were open to see what's really going on. There is a spirit world all around us. And God is fighting for us. And God wants to reach people. And there is an enemy out there deceiving, distracting, doing everything he can. We are in the middle of a battle and a war that we don't even see. And I would pray that for you and I, that God would open our eyes. Open our eyes to see Why am I distracted? Why aren't the things of God the most important thing in my life? Why am I not motivated more to reach people? I was just telling somebody the other day, it's just so true, said, I was telling them about my grandkids, I have 13 grandkids, I love them to death, right? And uh, I don't care if they... I don't care if they become drug addicts. I don't care if they never have a job. I don't care if they die young. Compared to, I care that they know Jesus Christ and that they will spend eternity in heaven with God. I can't fathom the thought of one of them not knowing Jesus. I can't deal with it. I don't care what they end up. Life is so short. Who cares? Oh, I just want my kid to be the president. Good for you. I don't care. I do not care. I care that they're connected to God and they know God and that they they will be with him forever. I pray that I would be able to see the reality of eternity more than anything else. The reality of eternity and it's here and it's all around us and it's forever. It's forever, and everything we see in front of us, this physical stuff, is just passing away. It is meaningless compared to eternity. How? How can you and I stay focused? And, and I believe it's, we can if we want to. It's our choice. And, and this scripture was uh, Shaheen's favorite a couple years ago, and I absolutely love it. And I think this is really something you and I can decide to do. We can make our mind up today. I'm not going to be distracted any longer, but I'm going to stay focused. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Since you and I that know Jesus is the Savior, since our sins are forgiven and we are connected to God, set your hearts 
on things above where Christ is. Not on earthly things. Not on this stuff we see. Set our hearts on eternity and eternal things. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. You and I have a choice. We can easily, easily set our hearts and our minds on eternity. Daily. Regularly. Connecting with God. Experiencing God's presence. Thinking about where He is. Thinking about glory. Being mindful. Allowing the Holy Spirit to put in our hearts a burden for lost people. Allowing God's heart to become our heart where He sees every person. He don't see their success. He don't see their money. He don't see their bank account. What He sees is their soul redeemed. Is it saved? Is it cleansed by Christ? Or is it doomed for eternity? You and I don't have to be distracted like we are. We can. We can stay focused on reality of eternity, the spiritual world, if we decide to set our hearts and our minds on things above, spiritual things, where you and I can stay we can live in the reality of Judgment Day and want to reach every single person that we can. I, I don't know about you. It's your choice. But there's nothing more important in my life. Nothing. I do other stuff. I enjoy other stuff. But every time I find myself putting too much value in that stuff, I got to go back to God and say, God, I don't want to be deceived. I don't want to be distracted. I, don't, I want to have clear, a clear mind of what's going on in eternity is what matters. Staying connected to God. Engaging in church. Worshiping Him. Praying. Reading the Bible. You and I can choose today to be spiritually minded with our hearts and our minds with God. Let's pray. Father, the enemy's done a fine job in the United States of America. Doing everything he can to deceive and distract. And Father, we all fall prey to it. You are our only hope. And you offer to every one of them, come to me. Come to me. Set your minds on me, on eternity, on real reality. On real reality. Father, I pray that you would speak to each one of us as we give you permission to speak to us. Draw each one of us. Lord, as we give you opportunity on a regular basis to touch us, to move us, I pray that you will. I know that you will. You will draw us to you and the things that matter and the spiritual reality of judgment and eternity. Father, I for one, I recommit my energies. I recommit my focus on you, on heaven, on eternity. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. 
Amen.